This is Sports Best, presented by Reposted on the Reposted Podcast Network. Coming at you like a degenerate friend trying to negotiate the best odds on a $5 bet. He is Larry All-In Olsen, and I am Andrew Bet the Horse Heavy. And the question of the hour is, did you have any money wagered on the NL wildcard game earlier this week? No, I did not because I don't try normally to bet with my heart unless I'm taking one of your cousins to win it exact at Santa Anita. Other than that, I don't try to bet with my heart. Oh, man. I only bet with my heart. (laughs) That's the only thing you can do. Uh, That was a good game. It was a good game. My heart's made of stone, so I would never win. (laughs) Very heavy. Uh, The baseball postseason is underway. Very exciting. The American League Division Series. Astros and White Sox. Red Sox versus the Rays and the National League. It's the Brewers and Braves. And for the first time since 1889, the Giants, when the Giants were in New York and the Dodgers were in Brooklyn, known as the bridegrooms, the Giants and Dodgers will meet in the playoffs. Dodgers beating the Cardinals in the wildcard game on a walk-off home run by the one and only Chris Taylor in the ninth inning. First off, I'm sorry, Brenda Peterson. That is not cool. Not only do we not bet your Cardinals, but the Dodgers knock you out of the playoffs. Once again, not cool for Brenda in honor of Brenda Peterson. I'm pretty sure we're going to go to Reno this year, so we will make our Brenda Peterson bet. I'm almost positive about that. Back to the Dodgers. They win in dramatic fashion, and yes, they do play I Love L.A. immediately after they win games. I don't know if you were watching, but literally they win the game. I Love L.A. comes back, starts playing on the loudspeaker. Yeah, it's, it's kind of like at the end of a Giants game. They play, is it Frank Sinatra? Um, they play uh, 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 the other guy, Tony Bennett. Tony Bennett. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's Tony Bennett. Um, so go ahead. If you're paying attention to baseball in the postseason levels, when a team officially takes it into the postseason, they party and they drink beer. Then if they win their division, they, they party and they drink beer. <laughs> then if you win your wild card game, you party and drink beer on and on until the World Series. Lots of drinking. So Dodger starter Max Scherzer better buckle up in the post game, alcohol filled celebration. He goes on to TBS and does an interview and says, quote, you got to get rid of this echo to the TBS TBS analyst. Can't talk. I'm drunk, whatever. I mean, if you're on live TV and you admit you're drunk, someone probably should have been like, Hey bro, maybe you shouldn't do this post game interview. By the way, he's not wearing a shirt in any of this topless max scherzer i mean yeah it's i guess the fact that everyone's contractually obligated to get in front of the camera and talk for a little bit like these things are gonna pop up more often than not but uh he was probably also drinking away his sorrows because he got pulled sooner than he wanted to be here's my question aren't athletes used to drinking or like they're not so if they just even get a spray of alcohol they're drunk is that the thing I think it kind of depends. It goes across the spectrum. It uh, Some of them probably drink a lot. I, I don't know. Max Scherzer, eh, I could say goes either way. Yeah. But yeah. He, uh, or or he had more time to, he was shotgun and beers. I'm not a post-game uh, alcohol celebration expert. Yeah. But it seems like they're always just pouring it on each other's heads. And not a lot of is actually going in their mouths to begin with. So how's the dude drunk? Maybe he started drinking in the dugout. I mean, yeah, maybe started drinking in the dugout. So many different things. I want to know about this whole playoff picture. Do you have a problem with arguably the two best teams in baseball meeting in the d- divisional series versus reshuffling the deck and putting um, 
seeding teams against how they did through the season? Because this might be the best series of the entire playoffs. It might very well be. And you know what, Andrew? I'm just going to be thankful it's happening. I'm not, I'm not looking to say this should. I'm just thankful the Giants and Dodgers, that there's a civil war going on in my very own house. No Cal v. SoCal. Good versus evil. Olsen versus Olsen. I'm just excited. So you have no you have no qualms with the way that it's laid out. You said, "Hey, I'm just going to watch TV. Thank you. May I have another game?" That's exactly how I'm approaching it. All right. Well, another question to you: How much money would it take for you to live the rest of your life on the run? Have you ever thought about that number? I have thought about. It. I don't think there's a number I would do it. No. No, I don't think there's a number. Well, this guy, John Ruffo, has been on the run since 1998, and uh, he what? was convicted of bank fraud for scamming a total of $350 million out of investors. Wow. He was sentenced to almost 18 years in jail, and uh, he was supposed to turn himself into the authorities and uh, went on the run. And it's speculated he had about $6 million socked away. That was in 1998. Flash forward... Uh, 20 years he was spotted behind home plate at a Dodgers no. game no so he's still on the run but at what point I mean I guess at some point you're starting to get flashy with uh, what you're willing to try to do I feel like if I'm going to sit front row maybe not behind home plate where I'm visible behind every pitch or maybe he figures he's not going to get caught at this point I feel like I'm a little too naive if you would say that you can go on the run in America since 1998 after bilking all sorts of rich people out of money, I'd say that's impossible. Well, I mean, what about that uh, Instagram influencer that got murdered and his, her fiance is still on the run? That's been weeks. Dude's living in a Florida jungle, though, bro. This guy's at a Dodgers game. Well, maybe uh, 20 years from now, we'll see him at a uh, St. Louis Cardinals game behind the Jumbotron. Did, I, I feel like maybe if you're a fugitive, the best offense, the best defense is a good offense. Like mm -hmm. you should just go to where everybody thinks you're not going to be like at a Dodgers game. Hide in plain sight. Yes. That is a way to do it. Did you, did you ever see that documentary about this guy that was, uh, he went to jail for, I think it might've been a murder, but he was definitely in jail. And the TV show Curb Your Enthusiasm had evidence that exonerated him so he said i was at a dodgers game that night but he couldn't prove it and they somehow went back and scrubbed uh curb your enthusiasm footage he was in the section where larry david was proved he wasn't possible for to commit the murder and he was exonerated because of curb your enthusiasm and that was also at a dodgers game wow man i am too naive in this world to think that curb your enthusiasm dodge if you're a fugitive just go for it the world's yeah. your oyster Season 21 of uh, Curb was just announced, so get ready for that. I, I, this, I can't, that guy, 21 seasons of that show, that, that's crazy. I love Larry, Larry David. David. My heart, Larry David. Speaking of Larry David, I, no, he's a Dodgers fan. Anyways, uh, Jerry Seinfeld's a Yankees fan. Yankees and Red Sox kicked off the postseason with the most-watched baseball game on ESPN since the day Mark McGuire hit his then-record-tying 61st home run in 1998. An average of 7.7 .7 million viewers tuned into the game Tuesday. The peak reached 8.5 million around 10:15 Eastern, 7:15 Pacific. I admit that I did tune into this game for like a second. Here's the deal: the Yankees and Red Sox play each other all the time because they're in the same division. They met before in the postseason. 
I personally didn't think some wild card game between the two would be the most watched baseball game in like 30 years. Well, a little asterisk, most watched game on ESPN, not on yeah. network TV. Yeah. So it's a little bit less. Also, uh, side note on that game in 98, it was against the Cubs and Sammy Sosa was there too. And they were in their historic race, which uh, we all know how that worked out. But yeah, I mean, I think the, the, the Red Sox and the Yankees are one of the best draws for Major League Baseball. And so anytime these guys are playing, it's exciting. So, yeah. You know, but also, it was a record of a game, so people might have tuned back out because the Dodgers it game on Wednesday was a better game. It wasn't that great of a game. But here, just for, like, context on this, like 8.4 million people watch this baseball game, most watched baseball game on ESPN in however many years. Mm-hmm. Like, the NFL routinely, like, just, like, the pick the worst two teams, Bears and Browns, routinely gets, like, a $12 million. I mean, 12 million people tuning in. So, like, a bad NFL game beats, like, the highest-rated baseball game. Well, I mean, <clears throat> recently updated, you have 17 weeks to be able to, to catch a game sure. versus 162 over all the teams in baseball. So that, that's a pretty big draw for, for something like that. I would think it would be more towards the playoffs, but then I guess those go on network TV and ESPN doesn't have the sole rights to those. Exciting, though. I'm excited yeah. for these playoffs. I'm excited. I know yeah. you're... Uh, you're just thankful to to watch the game, but I'm excited to see the uh, the Giants make a run because I think they will. This is typically the time where you become the anti fan and root against me and my passion for the Dodgers. Start making bets against me and all sorts of things. This this is about anti fan time when you start coming out. Well, no, it started coming out earlier this week. That's what oh, the opening okay. was about. I tried to get yep. some good odds on that game, and uh, our intern did not give me the right <laughs> odds, and so the bet was not placed. But uh, that was all about me. <laughs> we talked about him earlier this week, and the only conclusion I can come up with is Joey Bosa has a great publicist, and I've already got to call into that publicist agency to try to get my name out there more. But apparently, things that Joey Bosa has to say are newsworthy. He was talking about a uh, Raiders quarterback car on basically getting in his head. He's like, I thought it was unfortunate that, uh, well, that's the backwards way. He said, we knew once we hit him a few times, he'd really get shook. And then you saw on his sack in the fourth quarter that he was pretty much curling up into a ball even before we got there. And uh, Carr responded. He's like, that was an unfortunate thing to say. Maybe he was just trying to get under my skin, which he did piss me off. So good job for that. Joey Bosa, making the news, getting under people's skin. I think the two things that we've reported on him saying are pretty tame i don't know why everyone's getting all worked up about it the refs are blind uh their car can't take a hit like why is that shocking or is he out of line well here's the part that i have an issue with in this story if you're the quarterback of the raiders mm-hmm. why would you ever admit anything well, like, there's lots of things you could talk about how well you threw the ball blah, blah, blah. why would you ever admit that someone got under your skin i i don't i that just confuses me yeah, it makes it seem like he's it's uh you're less competitive. I think uh take a page out of Bill Belichick's book, say we're on to Cincinnati and move forward and say yeah, because now Joey I mean uh Derek Carr is making the argument now he has bulletin board material to be worked up next time they play against Bosa, but also Bosa's like, here's the roadmap to get into this guy's skin. And he's like, Yeah, that is it. So I don't know what's going to, I don't have high hopes for the Raiders this year to go the distance, but if, uh, if they do, people know 
because of, of uh, Jerry Bosa. Good on him. Yeah, I I was exact. It's the roadmap to be Derek Carr. But once again, like, is he filibustering on the mic and just like doesn't know what's coming out of his mouth? Yeah, that the, those guys' comments really like. Someone just be like, hey, Derek, maybe just not talk about the you know, just talk about the game anyway. Or yeah, maybe maybe Carr needs to hire Joey Bosa's publicist and get coached up before he goes out for an interview because maybe he's just out there responding, and that's not what you're supposed to be doing. I only put these next stories into the uh, rundown to um, get your ire up because we got to continue our vaccination streak. Mm. The Brooklyn Nets remain unclear on start guard Kyrie Irving's ultimate interactions intentions that is to get vaccinated. He he's he's. New York's passed a pretty stringent law saying if you're not getting vaccinated, you can't play in games. Irving has said the world is flat and the vaccine is evil, but now they could take $25 million from him. And what's he going to do? We had a showdown last week between Andrew Wiggins of the Warriors, who said he would never get vaccinated because it was evil. And part of the Illuminati's plan to rid themselves of basketball players if you do get the vaccine. Well, he then backtracked and got the vaccine. But after he got the vaccine, he said he was forced to do so. So I love that we put people on blast here, right? The vaccine's evil. I'm never going to take it. Okay, we're going to take $25 million away. Oh, the vaccine's okay. I'll just yeah. get it. <laughs> I love this. I think sometimes breaking down those big numbers into bite-sized options is like, I think that broke down to $350,000 per game. Like, hey, I can buy a, a tricked-out Bentley for every basketball game I play in or or a modestly sized home in the Midwest. Um, so yeah, I, I wanted to play devil's advocate because I'm all for like, you can do whatever you do, but like, what's the intent of this law? Like Kyrie Irving playing basketball unvac unvaccinated, is that protecting the general public or is it, this is such a big platform. We need to set a good example for the rest of the country or I mean, I'm fine with him not getting vaccinated and not taking his money, but like, what are we really trying to protect? Or is it, there's a line in the sand and we just have to enforce the law. Yeah, no, I'm agree with you. I don't know necessarily what the law is about. So yeah, it could be whatever, but my, mm -hmm. we, on another show that we host, we talked about grandstanding, right? Yeah. And if you're going to take a stance on something cool, the vaccine's evil. I'm with you. It's evil until they take away your money. Oh, it's not evil anymore. That's like, Hey, Good for you, Andrew Wiggins. You're sticking up to the man. You don't want it, Canadian. You don't want to get the vaccine until we take your money away. If you're going to grandstand, grandstand. Come on. To be fair, Kyrie Irving might take this to the mat. Like, he might not do it. And uh, we and will applaud him vigorously if he does. Uh, quick note, though. Yesterday, your boy Eric Garcetti, the mayor of Los Angeles, recently instituted the uh, vaccine mandate to go indoors anywhere. You have to be fully vaccinated by November to uh, go inside. And yes, come on. We've had that forever in San Francisco, LA. Just get, I have the, I love to pull out my phone and be like, here's my vaccine card. It's like my favorite thing to do when I go to a bar because I get this fancy link. I don't have to show a picture of my card. I got a link. We were kind of laughing at it yesterday that New York and San Francisco's had that for a while, but we have Joey Bosa's publicist. And so <laughs> LA gets the coverage of having very stringent COVID laws. Yeah. Also with good PR moves, the PGA is always staying on our radar, getting in the rundown. We are not even talking about other sports right now, but Capital One's The Match is going to happen again the day after Thanksgiving in Las Vegas at the Wynn Golf Course. 
And uh, your boy Bryson is playing Brooks in what is scratching my head the most in a 12-hole match. Why are they playing 12 holes, Larry? Why are they only playing 12 holes? I would say maybe they've figured out, is this the, was it the fifth of these or whatever? I think it's the fifth one, or, yeah. They've figured out that people's attention spans can't last 18 holes. In the mm. TV, people were like, if we just do it for two and a half hours as opposed to four, it'll be better. Uh, and it'll maybe fit inside a, uh, a, a programming block a little bit easier. Are you excited? Are these guys going to be chatty enough that we're going to be interested? Like, we've been sold that they hate each other. I don't think they really do. I still subscribe to their Q rating, trying to get the bonus. But is this going to be entertaining? Well, so here's the deal. I had to recently Google this. This is the first one of these, the matches that's only two golfers. So they right. really are going all in on this blood feud between the two because what I've thought about the matches that's been the best is Charles Barkley, Bill Mickelson chatting it up, Tom Brady, all of the non-golfers. So now we're just going to golfers. And yeah, this is like maybe two inside baseball. And I, I don't know, I, I just don't think as many people will watch just two golfers without filling his legs there. Yeah, I think the diehard PGA fans are going to be the ones that yeah. tune into it because of that. But like tried and true, we know that Charles Barkley is entertaining to watch and Phil Mickelson yeah. has kind of proven himself to be a degenerate gambler. Tiger Woods, still the most Googled PGA player ever. Like people are going to tune in for that. I don't think outside of people who are watching um uh, tour events outside of the majors are going to necessarily tune in for this. Yeah. I don't know if a golf beef is going to translate into high uh, viewership numbers. The thing that popped in my mind, the only way that this is going to actually live up to expectations is if they have a physical altercation on the course, <laughs> that would be, like, um, that would, I mean, and then we're starting to get into the Billy Madison kind of realm. Well, Barker. Yes, I was thinking a Bob Barker beat might get them right. Yeah. Bob Barker's come wrong. over the top and sucker punch someone posthumously. <laughs> well, from gambling on the golf course to gambling on the ice, Sharks player Evander Kane has been cleared of all gambling charges. Here's what I don't understand. Someone can get an agent or something. Can they make a good decision? The best part is you do that, and I'm the only one that's entertained because I don't think you can ever understand what you're saying. But uh, in I case y'all don't know what's it. happening, Larry talks over that drop, and I can kind of tell, piece it together. <laughs> hey, we talked about Evander Kane. He's going through this very public divorce, and his uh, estranged wife, Anna, hinted on social media that he was uh, gambling on games. The NHL cleared him of that. But now the claim is he submitted a fraudulent vaccine, COVID vaccine card, and uh, he's being investigated for domestic violence, uh, domestic assault allegations. This guy's going through a rough time. One of the things I thought of, though, when I first got my, uh, I'm fully vaccinated, I was given my vaccine card for my first shot. I was like, the, one of the first things I thought of is like, this is very, very easy to fake. Yeah. Like, there's yeah. nothing difficult to fake on this. So I've already heard people talking about like, I'm, I'm not getting vaccinated. I'm just going to get a fake one. Um, so we'll see what happens with Vander Kane, but his wife is, uh, if you're look, if you're still on the market, Anna Kane is uh, don't cross her. 
So just to show everybody that we're cycling together, I actually asked my doctor who gave me the card. I was like, this seems like really easy. And he's like, hey, man, government had a choice to make. They had to make it for the least level of technology person out there. Think of the guy in Kentucky. He could only handle holding on to a white card. So that's why they couldn't do some computer vaccinated um, encrypted code thing, right? Yeah. But I, he, but I just feel like if you're Evander Kane, maybe you have a buddy that's like, hey, dude, I'm going to get you a really good version of a fake vaccine card. I don't think it's that. I think that for the more higher profile people, there's a back end database to double double check against. I don't think it's, oh, this is not the right stock of paper. It's, I think they're they're keeping a database. I mean, you have to give a lot of information to get the, or I did, to get the vaccine. And I, I'm guessing that's what it is. And whether that's true or not, if uh, these domestic assault allegations uh, come through, then COVID thing won't really matter. Uh, he, he'll be in bigger problems. Let me just say, here's what I think the problem with Evander Kane is. He doesn't have an Andrew Keller in his life because if he did, like I think I in my life, if I was about to marry a hoe bag who was going to eventually accuse me of cheating on games, you would say, Larry, don't marry that hoe bag. If I was about ready to buy a really bad copy of a vaccination card, be like, hey, Larry, I maybe am going to insist as your friend, you go for a higher end fake COVID card. I feel like Evander Kane, he needs a you in his life. That's what I'm saying. Vander Kane needs me, and the Sports Best podcast needs Joey Bosa's publicist. So we, uh, we're waiting to hear back on uh, that company, but until then, I'm Andrew Perry. We'll see you guys next week.